Hello and welcome to the Draftlands podcast game week four. Joining me in the room are Michael as always. Hello. And Mahir. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So as usual, we're going to talk through the game week that happened, that was, uh, the results, talking points, um, and then we'll go through a few statistics. Because it's the international break, we'll, we will leave the, the predictions for the next game week until next week in a different podcast. Um, and without further ado, um, or actually before we even start, as always, it's the Jack Grealish kidnapping update. Um, so again, not heard anything yet. Um, don't know what's going on with him. Um, but there has been another kidnapping. Tyrone Mings has also been kidnapped. Um, there has been a, a ransom note. We're not allowed to talk to the police. So, kidnapper, if you're listening, please return him safely. Apparently, he was called up to the England team, but he never made it to Gareth Southgate's uh, team brunch. I've never been seen since. So, hopefully, we can find him. But moving on to the game weeks. Interesting, as always. Um, some highs, some lows, uh, winners and losers. Moving on to the first one, uh, we will talk about... Okay, so we'll talk about the, the most important game of the week, um, which is Joe Public FC versus Brooklyn Knights. So this is a bit of a, a grudge match, Binesh versus Dan. Um, and Binesh winning, winning quite convincingly 46-75. Um, Richardson scoring 15 points, James scoring 8. Michael, what did you make of this game? I think it's... Um... Well, we're going to have to talk about the trade. Well, we really are going to have to talk about the trade because this week was the week where we saw the trade come in big. Um, I think it was, it was a really big scoring week for everyone. So Dan actually got a pretty high score. Uh, just unfortunate that he faced the, the person with the most points. Um, yeah, I think like if we look at Dan's team, he got some points across the board. Kane, I'm still a bit unsure about. He only scored from a penalty. Um, and that's is that his first attacking return? No, he's so, so in the oh, first game week he scored two. Oh yeah, but. yeah. Um, but you know he got he brought in James um, who got some points. I think James is going to be a bit of a risk, but he he looks good. He's he seems to like he seems to have like one or two shots, and he always scores from one of them. Yeah. So um, Dan getting forty six points, but I've been reading up on a few statistics, and statistically his players have created a lot of chances. Which haven't been converted, so he's been he's been very unlucky. Trossard, um, Lanzini, both really good picks this year. Obviously, Barnes was playing Liverpool. Um, Otamendi's nailed on now. I think Dan has a good team actually. I think he has a good team. And then moving on to Benesh, who scored <laughs> seventy-five points. Um, the majority of his points coming from the trade. So, so for those listeners who don't know, the trade is the trade between Benesh and John. The very infamous trade. Um, so this was this was basically. I mean, we know Benesh got seventy five. It's the joint highest score of the season. But this was Benesh and John's score combined. John's team combined. Exactly. We'll come on to that a little bit later because uh, Michael's been doing a little bit of analysis on what might have been. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you look at it and you think um, it, it just honestly looks like the strongest team in the league. He's got Martial on the bench and Jesus on the bench, and he still feels like a top quality team. I think it's a standout week. Um, I actually don't back Abraham to continue this because if you think about who the teams he scored against, scored against Norwich and he scored against uh, Sheffield United, 
So I'd be interested to see how well he does against other teams. Um, but like, you've got Van Dyke and Robertson on the back and Mina as well. Um, yeah, it's, it looks really, really strong. A like, really convincing victory from Benesh, to be honest. Yeah. Liverpool's He's... first clean sheet as well. So finally has defence got some good points. Yeah, Benesh is, is the guy to beat. He, that team is very strong. And Ericsson staying as well. So all of a sudden, Ericsson went from being a like uncertainty to maybe now he starts every game. Yeah, yeah. Tielemans getting good points from his first to the time of the season, and a lot of people saying Leicester probably the team to challenge for the top six. And I think so. Well. I think so. Like if you look at okay, like let's compare Leicester to United. Um, you know, I don't actually Rashford, bit un, bit unsettled maybe. Um, Wan Bissaka. I think he was a bit overrated, a bit overhyped, maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh, like Leicester looked really good, looked really, really good. Yeah. Good times with Benesh. Uh, moving on to the next match. Um, so that was Clackmanon versus Brampton Stallions. So it was me versus my bogey team in Craig. So for those listening and who aren't aware of last season's results, Craig beat me three of the four times, probably more. He he ended my winning streak. Sent me to a spiral of depression the lot that I never recovered from. <laughs> so I was glad to beat him 35-55 this time around. Aguero getting my points. Um, it was pretty routine. Um, there Very was, routine, right? It was. I, I, I had a feeling I'd beat him. Um, especially once United conceded. Uh, Rashford didn't, didn't do anything. Neither did Pogba. There's no contribution there from his players. Um, he went with Adama Traore and then... I was a bit worried because I was I've been I've been taking the piss out of Greg with his trade deal between Jota and Wood, <laughs> and then lo and behold, Wood scores an own goal. But then not only that, Greg was so adamant on getting Wood, Jota being his second pick in the draft, goes and benches Wood anyway. So not just benches bit. him. Wood's his third sub behind Giroud, who's not even playing. <laughs> you know, it's so I think I don't know. It's, it's so reliant on United performing, like we saw the first week, 75 points. But when United do nothing, you've got three of his best players on the team who just draw blanks. Um, David Silva is he's really good, but he's not playing every week. Yeah, I think he played against smaller teams. So Bios, like, uh, he, he didn't even start. Um, he looks good, but obviously he's not, he's not a starter in, in the Arsenal plan at the moment. Um, it's just a bit risky. Yeah, I think Traore as well. I think when Doherty comes back, he's not going to be playing every game. He also plays right back for Wolves. So here he's classified as a midfielder. Lamella now Spurs have all their players back. Probably going to get dropped. Sabias, I think, will come good for him. But again, he's not going to. The like Arsenal rotate their midfielder team quite a lot. Silvers, I think that's been one of his best players. David Silvers done well. Um, but yeah, very reliant on United. So that's that's core of his team mainly yeah so, um, so pre- pretty routine victory um, no surprises there moving on to the next matchup this is Dykehead FC versus Cape Cod Crusaders uh, Dykehead losing 28-50 to 50. Um, in the last few weeks there's been uh, accusations that I've been bullying a certain manager in this team so in light of that I will now remain quiet of this matchup <laughs> and I will hand it over to someone independent. So, Mahir, over to you. Yes, yeah, so there's a big game this was. Uh, 
bit of a history between the two managers as well. Um, they both thought that I'd get involved in this game somehow. I tried and uh, Nick, he actually, he tried to get in a low loan agreement quite early and I thought this was quite surprising because out of all the managers, Nick probably has a better relationship with than to John, so he's probably the one that can actually get some trade deals going. I was a bit surprised why Nick did this, but I think his worry was me potentially giving players to John, um, which I think why he did the trade deal early. Also, John knew this, that if there was a no-loan agreement, Nick would have the stronger side, and obviously John was favoured to waivers, etc. So I'm surprised why John agreed to the no-loan agreement. Um, I also offered John Mane for nothing in return, and he turned it down. Um, for nothing? For nothing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know in hindsight it wouldn't have made a difference, but I mean, before a big game when you've lost three in a row, how can you be turning something like that down? One of the top players in the league. Um, but yeah, a good victory for Nick. Um, so Mahir, what's your opinion? So what we're trying to do with this our revamped podcast is talk about a few talking points. Yeah. Now, with John, John made a very interesting decision uh, against Nick. He played Loris in goal, but he had Lacazette up front. Yeah. So why do you think he did something that would kind of cancel out his points? Um, I think he did this because his other goal he doesn't actually play. I'm not sure who it is. Nah, he's got Henderson, he plays. Uh, Henderson, so obviously maybe felt that Loris could get some saves or something. But yeah, you're right, obviously one of them is going to cancel each other out. Lacazette did end up scoring. I think Loris actually got three points, so he actually got more than the other goalie. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I don't see anything wrong with this. I think that it should be you play your best players, regardless. Like as in, the problem is, is that otherwise you're 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 hedging your bets a bit by doing that. Of course, you're not you're never going to get five points for a clean sheet and points for uh, points for a goal. However, like you say, if he's got Henderson in goal and Henderson's going to uh, let them in anyway, then you you just play your better goalie. I think. So how how I see it is like for example, you back your players. So before you pick your team for the game week. He would have looked at this matchup and thought it's going to be a draw or Arsenal are going to win. As an Arsenal fan, he probably backed his team anyway. And then you'd expect Lacazette to score the goals. So let's say Lacazette scored a hat trick, then that would affect Loris negatively. And in a situation like that, you could even be ascending off. Mm. Or the other way around, if you thought Tottenham were going to win, then it'd be okay, I'll start Loris. Lacazette probably, you can still kind of play him, but you can you can see there's a, there's a major imbalance there because you're going to lose points one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Sheffield are going to. Are going to take in goals anyway so he's, yeah. he's losing points whatever happens I think also it's because um, it's a big game it's also a tough game to call so you're going into the game it's not like whereas Sheffield and Chelsea were clear favourites against Sheffield whereas this game there was no real clear favourites it was kind of 50-50 so maybe that's why he wasn't he wasn't sure what's going to happen whereas you were kind of guaranteed that Sheffield United were going to concede away to Chelsea so maybe yeah. maybe that's why as well but Let's talk about Aubameyang and Lacazette and, and Pepe as well because I watched the game and um, so Bamiang started on the right and Pepe on the left with Lacazette in the middle and then uh, Emery swapped the two wingers around and then Aubameyang went on the left and the whole time that Aubameyang was on the wing he just looked lost. Mm. Like, Pepe looks so natural on the wing, he's really quick, he can make turns um, and he's good at crossing. Aubameyang just didn't know what to do and then as soon as they pull Lacazette off and put Aubameyang in the middle he scores. Mm. It's like the two, yeah. the, Lacazette and Aubameyang are fighting for the same position. I think Aubameyang, his favourite position is that central role, but Lacazette can't play on either wing, which is why he probably goes Lacazette up front. Whereas Aubameyang, he's still kind of used to the wing, but I think his favourite position is up top. And if you're playing all three, then 
Aubameyang would have to naturally go on the wing. Also, I think Lacazette struggled with injuries a bit. I know he was out for the first couple of games. He went off in that game as well. Um, so, yeah, he's a five games in and he's already had a couple of knocks. So. But Pepe, he's quite a completely different dimension to Arsenal now, right? Something they've yeah. been lacking with their previous wingers. He's that turn of pace, the agility, the boomer, the crossing. He just keeps him to find players. He honestly, he, so he had the most uh, chances on goal this week. Uh, he didn't follow through on any. He look, I think he looks really good. I think he looks better and better every game. Um, and and yeah, honestly, it it's like it's really nice to watch, especially because I own Pepe. <laughs> to be fair, um, but but I think they're going to do a lot. I think they're really going to do a lot. I think yeah, when Pepe gets his first goal, get, uh, he'll get some confidence, and you know those front three are going to score goals regardless of win or loss, they'll get goals across the whole season. And a word on Nick, that's two wins in a row now, he's jumped, yeah, he's come off the bottom of the high, table. High scoring wins as yeah. well, I think so obviously Fraser's starting to get points again, um, Awobi was a pretty pretty shrewd pick by Nick, I like that a lot actually, and then he's he's got he's got AA, he's got Aubameyang, and Allaire is, uh, is scoring as well. Um, yeah, not sure about Perez. I mean, he's got he's got a nice a nice looking team actually. Yeah, I think the important thing for Nick was his first two games. Obviously, got in the twenties, but the main thing for him was not to panic. And these players would eventually come good when they kind of integrate in their teams, get back to full fitness. And now you're seeing that his team's getting some good points. And Trent as well, um, doing what he did last season, getting big points. And uh, Fraser Wobi now coming into their side as well, so these guys are all going to get him, him good points. So yeah, he's done well. Yeah, very good result for Nicholas. What now for John? What next? What does he need to do? I don't know what his get his strategy is, what his game plan is, um, if he's busy in the trade market or not. Um, yeah, I think he's got Greg coming up, so I think he's. This is the game. This is a real big game for him because I really think he can win this one and kind of get up, up and running, but um, yes. Drop drop Wijnaldum, that's what I think. Yeah. Drop Wijnaldum, there's still some decent mids on the farm. His, his midfield think, is very workmanlike. I think what hurt him this week is that Man City had a really favourable game against Brighton, 1-4-0, and Sterling did nothing. And that, you'd think in the game against Brighton, he'd be the one getting all the points, but he fired blank for him. Um, a lot of his team didn't get many good points this week, so... I think, yeah, that's a bit unlucky on Sterling, but I don't think Sterling would have covered a 20-odd margin gap. That was a loss anyway. And then moving on to the final matchup, which is Changwon United versus Mahindra United. So the managers are both in the room. Um, Michael winning 60-39. to 39. Guys, over to you. Yeah, it's a really good victory for me. Um, it's nice to... After a couple of weeks of, of getting close losses, nice to have a convincing victory, especially against Mahir because he'd won three games in a row. Um, I think, like for me, I actually went into it being a little bit nervous, um, mainly because of uh, Mares, to be honest, because Mares doesn't play every week, and the first week he played, he got 14 points. So I was thinking, actually, Mares can be the, the differential this week. Um, and then also Mount was doing really well, so I looked at it and I thought, you know what, Mane and Salah, one of them's going to hit 15. Mares could easily hit double digits. Mount's probably going to get something. And, and I thought that it was going to be really close or I was going to lose. 
obviously Laporte went off that's so that was six points yeah so that would have been a big point for you yeah. 34 minutes into an injury to Laporte and he just had surgery on his knee as well and not just that three of Three of your defenders didn't even play this yeah. week. I didn't realise Doherty was injured. Christensen didn't even start. Um, Johnny didn't start. So. Wolves had that thing of they rotate like half their yeah, team. I think the the Europe has really um, playing Europe has really got to Wolves because I think they played six extra games every Thursday night. They played travelling to like places quite far. So I think that's yeah that's really taken its toll and um, it's impacting my team as well, especially having three Wolves players. Um, John's yeah. got the same issue. That's the yeah. thing. That's probably a big thing, actually. And then, obviously, my 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 boys did really well. You know, like um, De Bruyne mm. is like absolutely smashing it. He's he's bringing in points every week. Minimum seven he's had so far. Thirteen points this week. He scored a, a goal at two minutes. And then Vardy, you know, two goals and an assist. Um, and then a, a couple of points across the board from everyone else. Uh, that's the thing, even even Digne didn't play that well. Still brought in an assist. Um, assist from Son and Pepe as well. So yeah, big big scoring for me. Um, so I was pretty happy to be fair. Yeah, it was a very good win for you. And I think even though I got 39, 40 points, which you say is usually a good score, and this week it wasn't. It was kind of a low score because everyone got pretty high scores. Um, so for my team, it wasn't that great. Only Mane got my highest points and um, yeah. The def- my defense is all over the place, so got a lot, got a lot to sort out. <laughs> yeah, and the Laporte injury hit me quite bad. He was my second pick. He's probably the only Man City defender that plays every single week, and um, whereas the others are kind of rotated. So, there's some people were saying that it depends on the extent of the knee injury. So it could be six weeks, could be three, four months. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I heard twenty twenty, but yeah, I did yeah. see the quote was. Weeks to months, <laughs> yeah. which is, yeah. I, I don't think they put a time frame on it, so nah. that's not, yeah, very not to do right now. Nice. Yeah, but it was a very good matchup, no matter what. Okay, moving on to our next segment. So now this is the game week four stats. Now the the plan behind this is trying to pull a bit more information about performances, players, teams, what's going on. So last week, uh, Michael spoke about John and his reliance on a single player compared to the rest of the league. So, Michael, over to you. I think a good one to start with, uh, seeing as we were talking about injuries, is we'll have a look at the biggest injuries so far. So, we've got some, uh, some stats here, and I've put them in order of um, when they were drafted. And actually, of the biggest injuries that have been hit so far, they've only affected three managers. So, they've affected Joe Public FC, Cape Cod Crusaders, and Mahindra United. Um, the top being Allison. So as we all know, Alisson went out, um, I think, in the, was it the first game? First, first game. game he got injured? Yep. Um, and Dan picked him round one, pick seven. So pretty important pick. Uh, Dan still got him on his bench, hoping he's going to come back pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a big injury, such an early pick. The next one is, is I think, probably the biggest one, um, is uh, Sane. So Sane went uh, for Cape Cod Crusaders, Nick, round two, pick four. And he's out with an ACL injury until February, is it? Yeah. That's a massive drop. Um, again, Mahindra, Mahir this, this week getting hit by Laporte. Also a round two pick. It's not really what you want to see, is it? It's no. not what you want to see at all. No, especially because he was so consistent. He just got called up to the French squad as well. So, yeah, not too, not too great. Let's, not, let's not forget that I predicted that Alisson... <laughs> 
Laporte and Dean injuries. VVG was going to get injured. It's also like because I have two key defenders getting injured as well. It's not like it's a defender in the mid. It's two defenders. That's two big. Like you have to play three three defenders minimum. So that's two big defenders gone. So my defense is pretty weak at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one, like you said, Doherty. Doherty picked round four, uh, pick eight. So at the end of uh, round four, by me here. And he's out, not sure how long for, maybe a few more weeks. Um, again, no time scale on it, so yeah. I'm not too sure, but it doesn't look good. Then uh, also Dini, Dini out for Nick, round eight, pick four. And then last two are for Dan, so he had Shaw and Walker Peters both out as well. So big, uh, big injuries affecting these three guys. Um, and I think, you know, it's just one of those things where that you're going to get hit by injuries during the season. How do you... How do you approach that? Do you keep them on on your on your bench? You know, like, how long will you keep Laporte for before you before you decide decide to ditch him? So I've, I've there's a lot of my head's been turned quite a bit because there's a lot of trade negotiations going on and Laporte's involved. So he could be gone by the next game week. He, he might stay. I, I don't know right now. Ah, I see. <laughs> I see. Ultimately, he's still a big player, right? So he's he, such he, a big he can player. still command a fee in terms of a trade. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And it's that kind of thing of, you know, if you can support keeping him on your bench, um, exactly. you know, then, then why not? Then to why be fair, not? last season I had two players, I only had one sub because I, had, I was two players short on my bench and it, was, it wasn't too bad. So I guess keeping one on the bench wouldn't be too bad either. I've, like you, I've, you've kept Mendy. I've kept Mendy and yeah. Cancelo's not playing. You know, I've got two two defenders at the moment uh, who just don't play. Well, who aren't playing. I'm ho- I'm hoping they'll come soon, and I think they will now. Now Laporte's out. Um, but yeah, it's it's that risk you take. You know, for the for the big payoff. Yep. And there's some there's some big defenders coming back. Bellerin, Tierney. Yeah. So moving on to our next statistic. This one is to see the difference between the draft. If you'd kept your original draft team, how many points they would have got you versus how many points you're on on game week four. So we'll start at the top of the uh, of the leaderboard with the Brampton Stallions. Um, so um, Abu, if he'd have kept his draft team, would have had 186 points, which is 21 points below what he's actually on. So Abu, you've made some, uh, some nice trades here and you've changed five players, which is... Uh, towards the lower end of changes so not really making too many changes next is Mahir Mahir if you'd have kept your draft team you'd have actually been on more points than you're on now by about five uh, so here we if we if you kept your draft team you'd be on 178 versus your 173 that you have at the moment and also not making that many changes with only four then it's me uh, with um, 187 in the draft versus 196 now so I've made a, a small gain of nine and I've changed eight players, so four of us have all changed eight players, which is basically half the team. Um, but apparently, it's, it's working for me. And then we come on to uh, the Brooklyn Knights. So Banesh has increased his point difference by 38 compared to what he would have had if he kept his draft team. He's changed eight players. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Where have most of those points come from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is. Uh, Next is Clack Manon. Um, so Greg has had an increase of 28 with eight player changes, which actually isn't that surprising considering he drafted the likes of Ghana in, uh, in the draft. So he's got zero points. 
Um, next is Nick, who had an increase of 25 points and only five players changes. I think Nick's actually improved his squad the most out of, out of anyone, to be fair. Um, I'd say Banesh, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, Banesh, actually, but it's just because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, actually, that's true. Uh, and then let me come to Dan. So Dan has had an increase of four points compared to if he'd stayed with his draft team, but he's changed 12 players. Um, Dan only has Alisson, Zaha and Kane left from the draft. As we all know, Dan likes to change his team around. I mean, you know, can you see him literally getting to the end of the season and not having a single player left? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe halfway through the season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, John. So John, also a slight negative with minus three points compared to if he kept with his draft team and also eight player changes. So if we look at the table uh, based on game week four on the draft picks, Binesh... 140, so I would still be top of the table. No, Michael, you would be top of the I table. I would have been top of the table by one yeah, point. By one point. If we'd all kept our draft team. And Nicholas would be bottom of the table. And John would be mid-table. Very interesting results. Although, bear in mind, these are just points, so it depends on the head-to-head. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, moving on to the next statistic. Uh, what we've captured is the... Top 10 players that are owned by managers. So I've looked at the transactions, got the top 10 players and see who owns who. Now, from the looks of it, Michael has three players in the top 10. Kevin De Bruyne, Pookie and... Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Picking up a total of 101 points. You'd expect him to have the most points because he's got the most players in the top 10. Then there's me with two players in the top 10. And then everybody else has one player each apart from Greg who has zero players in the top 10. <laughs> Kind of understandable. Um, that's it's really good news for John because he's got Raheem Sterling, even though he's bottom of the table. He's got a top point player, Raheem Sterling being second out of the overall players in the whole league. But if we expand our range a little bit further and look at the top 20 players, again, unsurprisingly, Michael is top. He's only got four players now. But second is Mahia, who has one player in the top 10, but two in the top 20, so he comes up with three players. Say with Nicholas, we have three players. Um, I stay exactly where I am with only two players. The Brooklyn Knights have one player in the top 20 and obviously the top 10, so two players. Clackmanen has two players in the top 20, so from zero he's moved up to two. And I'm afraid John still only has one player, Rim Sterling, in the top 20. It's interesting, so it kind of shows the spread. So Michael, you clearly have the best performing players in the league. And the number of best point point players. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think it's probably useful to have a little look at the, who the players are because there are definitely some players at the moment who probably won't stay in this position. I think the likes of Pookie, Abraham, Barnes, um, and Van Arnold, you know, probably aren't going to stay up there. Um, at least not in my opinion. But but I, I can see De Bruyne, uh, you know, consistently being up there. Probably Vardy as well. Um, and then I've got Digne, who's who's currently the the second uh, highest point defender as well. So yeah, I, I I can see it. I can see it. I'd be interested to see how long you know Barnes and Abraham and Puki keep up their performance for. Yeah. I think I think some of the the other uh, strikers, Kane, Allaire, are going to start pushing their way up to the top. And then Michael, your top four getting you 124 points. Yeah. Here alone. Just from the top four players, from right? Top Which four. is actually yeah. 
you know that's way, of, way over yeah. my half of my of yeah. my points yeah talk about getting carried <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit more of an in-depth look at the trade that was made the infamous trades yeah so we had a look at the amount of points this week um, from both uh, John and Banesh and we wanted to see what the difference would have been had John kept his players. So if John had kept his players, he would have had Van Dijk, Richarlison, Ericsson, and Alderweireld. Was it Alderweireld part yep. of it as well? Alderweireld. Alderweireld. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then in return, he would have, in his team, not played Coleman, Wijnaldum, Lacazette, and Walker. So we had to look at the points um, and added them up. So John got 28 points and he would have lost 15 points uh, from those players that we just mentioned who wouldn't have been in his team. So that's from Lacazette, Wijnaldum, Coleman, Walker. But he would have gained 31 points from the likes of Richarlison, Eriksen van Dijk and Alderweireld. Richarlison getting 15 points this week. So with an, ad, ad, with an added layer of arbitrary numbers, so John took out Vertonghen from his team, so we added in another point, and he obviously lost Calvert-Lewin, so we gave him two extra points for having a different striker compared to Lacazette. And then John was also given an extra five points for the, for the Grealish incident. <laughs> yeah. The Grealish should have gone assist rather than being yellow-carded. Yeah. So admittedly, this does include uh, the Grealish incident uh, if, he, if he had got an assist. So if the trade didn't ever, wasn't then happen... Benash and John, Benash still would have won and John still would have lost. No, John would have won. John would have won. Yeah, so we worked out that John would be on a total of 52 points um, had he kept his players and not done the trade, which would have beaten the 50 points um, of Nick this week. Uh, but we didn't actually do the calculation for Benash, although I'm pretty sure that Benash would still have won because he was 30 points ahead of, uh, of Dan. So yeah, I mean, it's it. Obviously, I feel like a bit we're starting to beat a dead horse with this trade, but you know, especially with Ericsson, it just uh, does seem seem like it's gone in Benesh's favour. I think he does regret it, and um, I think it was probably us saying, "Oh, John, you didn't trade a lot last year, and you made a massive trade in the second week." Also saying, "John, you have no good strikers. You brought in this, a, a good striker for the core of his team." So. I don't know, maybe it was panic for losing the first two, three games. Maybe it was us getting in his head, who knows. Interesting. I saw this very interesting analysis. And not without we having a go at anyone or anything. Just, it's been the most infamous trade this week, which was which actually surpassed uh, Greg's trade. Because we would have been having a go at Greg if that had been <laughs> the case. And then moving on to our final segment. It is called Keep... Farm or trade? It's like uh, Snog, Marry, Avoid, except we're going to say a name of a player and then Mihir is going to tell us whether he would keep that player, farm that player or trade that player. So this is assuming that you had the player, you had yeah. the opportunity. Um, so Todd Cantwell, keep, keep farm, trade. Based on form, keep. You keep him? Yeah. You keep him in your team. Joe Linton. Now this is pretty important because you've actually got him. <laughs> 
keep as well because there's no other good strikers on the farm. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. fair actually. I was thinking the same thing. I think I would keep him. He's yeah. he's Newcastle's starting striker. He's yeah. going to get some he's points. Gonna get goals, yeah. He's going to get some points. Cancelo. Farm, farm because I think Walker's still going to be playing there for a bit, and I think he'll only start coming into the side when maybe Champions League football starts and the cups start and they rotate a bit, but. He's not going to play every week, and it's a bit risky to have in your team. Yeah, so it's probably... def definitely been a thought of mine, yeah. considering what what to do with him. I think I think you you know what you could be right. You could be right. Pulisic definitely keep. I think he's definitely finding his form now. He got big points with Benesha in the last two weeks, so yeah, I'd keep him, and especially with the injuries Chelsea are having. Yeah, keep. But He's his points are dependent upon striker scoring goals, right? Yeah. And I don't think anybody can see Tamio Abraham keeping up that form. This is yeah. the thing. I you know, Abraham can score against essentially championship level sides. Yeah. He can score. But but will he be able to score against the big ones? Because the thing is we've seen Pookie score against Liverpool. Mm. We know he can do it. I think the interesting about this season is is that not a lot of teams have kept clean sheets and there's been a lot of goals conceded even against the big teams, so based on now, yeah, I'd probably keep him. If I had him, I'd keep him. Would you keep him over Mount? You have to. You can have one or the other. Who do you keep? Well, Mount's been playing better, so I'd keep Mount. Also, because I know Benesh has Pulisic, but Benesh also has four other good midfielders. So in Benesh's case, maybe you can far more trade him, um, because he has four other very good midfielders that I'd keep over him. But if I had him in my team, I'd probably keep him. Ceballos? Keep as well, I think. The way he's been playing, I don't think Arsenal will drop him. He creates a lot of the things in our side. I think he's better than Ozil, so yeah, I'd keep him. Especially when you saw him come on against Tottenham, he kind of changed the game, pulled the strings. So yeah, he'll he get does points. look good, doesn't he? He does yeah. look good. Yeah, he um, made the crowd quite to him as well. They got more positive, yeah. which is kind of forced watching. Forward. And especially with Arsenal's front three, if he's the guy providing, he'll definitely get points. This is what they were saying. There wasn't anyone on the pitch. You know, I think. Um, uh, What's the guy's name with the big frizzy hair? Gundozi. Gundozi, yeah, he was doing a good job. I thought he played really well. Yeah. But there wasn't anyone there who was being creative like, mm -hmm. like the way Ozil were, yes. you know, making those those smart plays. Well, Arsenal played with three centre defensive mids, which was probably the wrong thing to do. And then when they did bring on Ceballos, they started looking more creative and attacking. So, yeah. I and you just don't need to play the jacket. You just don't need to play him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, definitely keep. I think he'll be top. 20, 30 players this season. Uh, you he's, think? The, he's had a slow start. He's had a slow start, but I think he's kind of getting back into it. He's the guy that provides Fraser, uh, he's the guy that provides King and uh, Wilson, so yeah, definitely. So do you think he'll maintain his form from last season? I don't think he'll be as good. I think he had a very good season, but I still think he'll get a lot of points. Zaha. Keith as well, because I think even last season he started off slowly. And I think now that the transfer window's shut, he can't leave until at least January. He's going to be playing. He plays kind of up front now. So, yeah, definitely keep him. Palace are playing well. I think they're, what, fifth or they sixth? Are, they're, so, they're playing all right, yeah. And Zaha, Zaha was unplayable against Aston Villa over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, he was showing his, his old form. He's just, he didn't get any yeah. extra points. I'd, I'd keep him. And finally, Grealish. Oh, I'd probably look to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> With a certain <laughs> someone. <laughs> Mike, why do you want Grealish? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So I actually took what, those players, each one is from uh, from a different manager's team. 
So I wanted to see what, what people's opinions are. And I, I see that. I think I tried to pick some as well which weren't quite so obvious, you know. Uh, the likes of Zaha and Fraser who are underperforming at the moment. Um, the likes of Ceballos who's fairly new on the scene. And then same, same with Cantwell actually, you know. I feel, yeah. yeah, so like you said, the top 10 players, they're all going to change in the next few weeks. I think it's still very early days. And you look now, Tottenham have a very good run of games. Arsenal have a very good run of games. West Ham have a very good run of games. Yeah, so these guys are maybe going to pick up some points now. But the bit you touched upon, like Pulisic, Binesh having more than one Chelsea player, even Cantwell, Alba, Buendia as well, who both play for Norwich, so you can't afford to have one on the bench mm-hmm. as one playing. So sometimes you've got to trade these players even though they may get you those points that you need, but in the long term, you need a better squad. You're thinking about what's right for your squad, you know, and sometimes, like you say, you just got to, you got to ditch someone that you don't want to ditch. Yeah, like for me now, I've got Doherty, Johnny and Patricio, three Wolves defenders, pretty much. I can't play all three of them. They have a tough game. Um, you look at John when he had Alderweireld, Vertonghen and Lloris, Eriksson. Again, I think we got in his head by saying yes, a lot of Tottenham players. Now he's only left with one. <laughs> so... But you say that, but Kyle Walker played for Spurs, yeah. and Jack Grealish was linked with Tom Marshall, <laughs> so he's a very dubious <laughs> link. Um, I'm, I'm surprised he dropped the song into the farm. That's an interesting one. Um, but he wasn't playing, and I, and I don't yeah. think he could, he could afford to carry him any longer. Yeah. It just so happened that the week he dropped him, he played. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing that there's going to be a lot of hard calls, and I think yeah. uh, it's easy in hindsight to to call someone out and say, you know, why did you do this? But I mean, I've, there's been so many times, you know, for me, like I could have picked up Mount and I picked up Bernard instead. Yeah. Um, I dropped Alaire, you know, uh, and and now and now he's firing. Um, all the time, you kind of start thinking, like, why did I do X and Y? I think Chelsea's team will be interesting now because you've got Hudson Odoi coming back, Loftus Cheek coming back, and I think they'll get straight back in the team. So who's going to get dropped? I'm not sure. Pedro um, and Willian. Yeah, but maybe Pedro will play a bit. Rudiger's come back, so we're coming back. So one of the centre backs will be dropped. I think Zuma's already scored two own goals this season. They're um, talking about Reece James yeah. uh, replacing um, the the right back. Yeah. So uh, I Aspi, think Aspi And we've been we've been here last season, right? It's pretty identical to who was top and bottom. I was top, undefeated. John was. Bottom couldn't buy a victory, but it completely flipped around. Um, I think John finished about third, I finished around sixth. So anything can happen. Um, it's completely unpredictable this league. All right, one final question for you, Mahir. If you could bring in any single one player into your team right now, who would you bring in? Bamiang. You bring in a Bamiang? Yeah, probably because, well, I'm certainly the strong, and obviously the defender as well, but if I could, I think a Bamiang. Um, so I don't have that top striker and I think he's going to get a lot of goals. I think he'll be he'll win the golden boot this year, so I think he'll get a lot of goals. Who would you bring in, Michael? I think I'd bring in Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm. I was going to say a Liverpool defender, but Liverpool have conceded in three of the games. And it seems like a lot more of the teams are, I wouldn't say sussing out Liverpool, but they can they can get that odd goal like you saw with Norwich. Yeah, but Liverpool have changed their system. They're playing a very high line, and I don't think they fully understand how it's supposed to work in terms yeah. of playing high line. Because Guardiola plays it, and what he does is he gets his players to commit tactical fouls quite high up the pitch. So I think once they start getting used to that, and make sure they can't actually be done by a long ball. They'll totally start feeling that maybe he doesn't play them as high anymore. So you just never again you just never know what's going to happen, what changes he's going to make. Who would you bring in, Abu? Sterling. Um, my midfield is very um, 
What's the word? Lackluster. <laughs> no one's heard of him. So it's my, it's my unknowns that I gave yeah, me the points. Yeah. My McGinn's, my Burn Deers. Yeah, so I need someone. I need like a big statement signing. Mm. Sterling will be that. I think your attack's done really well. Aguero has six goals in four games. With Jesus out as well, he's probably going to play a bit more. Yeah. And Firmino as well, firing. No one really thought that. Everyone thought it would be Mane and Salah. But yeah. it's been Firmino really that's yeah. probably and shone out. I've been, I've been lucky with him in as well. So even though he's had the jet lag from the European games, he's scored some, like eight, eight goals already yeah. in both competitions. But he seems to be chipping in one goal here and there. Mm-hmm. It's quite handy. Yeah. Michael, what about... Um, you upsetting some people on Twitter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Apparently, I'm causing uh, causing quite the ruckus. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are after you. Yeah, I know. And perhaps that won't be the best situation to be in um, because, uh, you know, ideally you want people on your side. But the fact is, I came into this league with a bang. <laughs> but I was reported on Twitter as well. <laughs> but the person reported me, I wasn't actually having a go at them. I was having a go at... Nights. <laughs> so maybe he was trying to look out for his colleague yeah. and try to report me, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's been 40 minutes, so we'll wrap up here. Guys, thank you very much for joining. We'll be having another podcast next week and we'll go through the future fixtures. But special thank you to Mahir for coming along. Thank you very much. You took time out. Great analysis, as always. Michael, thank you very as much. Always. Guys, chat to you next week. Bye.